Glorify you, Lord. Isn't God good? And isn't it good to be back here? Come on, guys. You know that we're still the church, whether we're in a building or out of the building. Amen? Amen? I know it's hard to say amen with your mask on. I can't hear you if you are. Listen, the Lord's going to get us through this. I'm going to say that right off the bat. I've been saying it for this entire season. The Lord's going to get us through this, isn't he? Right? We're not afraid because the Lord is with us, isn't he? God has not left us. He has not forsaken us. And God has, who has testimonies through this whole season of the Lord? Does anybody have any testimonies? I'm not going to ask you to share, so don't be afraid to raise your hand. Does anybody have any testimonies in these last months? Right? Everybody's afraid because they're like, oh, that means he's going to call on me. But I have so many testimonies. You know, uh, as you read your word and as you look through history, uh, the darkest times in history and the darkest times in our word, we see the Lord moving the most, right? The Lord is moving the most. You know, the light, even a tiny, tiny light, the darker it is, the easier it is to see the light, isn't it? Right? So it's so clear right now. Isn't it clear right now that darkness is on the earth? It's not a disease. It's not a riot. It's just clear the spirit behind right, what's going on, the real spirit behind the chaos and the confusion on the earth. It's very, very clear. And that uh, actually gives me peace. While everyone else is worried and doesn't understand or is just going with the flow, Christians should have peace. We don't have peace because people are getting sick and dying or that riots are happening. That's not our peace, guys. That's not what I mean. But there is a peace because there's an assurance and, wow, this means that my word has been true all along. Not that I doubted it, but there's an assurance and a peace that, wow, this is what the word predicted. This is what the word said would come. But also, why, that's not it. Not, we don't have peace just that, oh, wow, the Lord said that hard times would come, so thank you, Lord, for that. Our peace is that Jesus said that he would give us hope, he would give us life, he would give us a future, amen, and that he's going to wrap this whole thing up like a scroll. I love saying that. He's going to take uh, time as we know it and just wrap the thing up like a scroll, and it's going to be thrown. Even time gets thrown into the, the abyss, you know, that even time does. Time, this life, this human condition, all of it, it's getting thrown away, and we're going to have a glorious future with Christ forever and ever and ever. That's why I have hope. That's why I'm filled with peace. And so the darker it gets, the more joy I have. I don't have joy. I'm not getting joy. Uh, you know, there are Christians that, that can be like that, and we don't want to be those ones that we, we have joy that someone's suffering because it's like, well, you know, I told you. You know, that should never be our joy. That's not it. The joy is that, wow, things are speeding up. That means that Jesus is about to move. Jesus is about to do something. Amen. So because I have a short amount of time, I'm going to get right into his word. Who's excited to hear some word in person today? If you're listening on the podcast, <laughs> uh, we still welcome you. You still are still our church, and we love you. And I just want to say that Dawn and I love you guys. I know we've been saying it, and many of us have been commuting through this time, but we love you. And whoever's listening, we love you. And uh, let's get right into his word. Uh, the Lord spoke to me and uh, had me share this. Uh, it's in Exodus chapter 17, and I love this story, and I forgot about this story, and, but I just, the Lord brought it to me supernaturally. I didn't go looking, 
wasn't thumbing through the words saying, Lord, what to speak on. I just heard some words in my mind, and I went right to his word, and this is what came up. And it's Exodus chapter 17, verse 8. It says, while the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, uh, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. And Moses commanded Joshua, choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Uh, Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of Amalek. Meanwhile, Moses, Aaron, and Hur climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. But whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Moses' arms soon became so tired, he could no longer hold them up. So Aaron and Hur found a stone for him to sit on. Then they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands, so his hands held steady until sunset. And as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in the battle. And after the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar there and named it Yahweh Nisi, or you may know it as Jehovah Nisi, which means the Lord is my banner or the Lord is a banner. He said they have raised their fists against the Lord's throne. So now the Lord will be at war with Amalek generation after generation. If you go and do your studies throughout your word, you will find that the Amalekites are a thorn, particular thorn in Israel's side for years to come. Not only were they a thorn in their side here, but they end up being a thorn in their side and many battles. In fact, Agag was an Amalekite. And in fact, uh, the Lord had us look again at the story of Esther, and that was a repost, uh, Jeannie's sermon and my sermon from last August. Agag um, is, through uh, scholars believe, is some great, 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 great grandfather of Haman that Haman is the descendant of Agag, an Agagite, uh, an Amalekite. So you find that this thorn here in Exodus continues to be a thorn in their side many, many, many generations into the future. In fact, as I began to do my studies, I found out that the Jews actually have a term. They actually consider Amalekites or Amalek uh, much like we would say Satan, they would say that Amalek is their enemy, an eternal enemy, the great enemy, etc. You can do your own studies and find that out, but they consider Amalek to be the enemy. All right, we're just going to, because many times when we talk as Christians, when we talk about 
the forces of hell, and we don't major on those things here, and I don't think any Christian should, but we also are, are not to be unaware of their devices and their plans, and right, we need to understand what they're doing, what they're up to. Now, I'm not talking about humans, I'm talking about Satan's plan against you, so that you can stand against it, right? Not so that we focus on it, but so that we focus on the Lord, and we focus on his word, and for every plan of the enemy against you, God's got a plan to get you through it and out of it. Amen. So they would actually consider Amalek to be, I can't see anybody's faces. I don't know if anybody likes this or agrees with this. Or, so if you know what you can do today, you could say amen through your mask or just raise your hand. The old school, used to, they used to go like this, you know, kind of like just wave their hand like a flag. That was like amen with your hand. It's like the world, you know, the world does gestures with their hands, and that means certain things. So church, you know, this, is, this just means I'm getting it. You don't have to. I'm just being silly. But so Amalek is the enemy. Let's just look at the, because you know the Bible is a story, but it's also a picture. Amen. Does everybody know that? Right. The Bible is a story, like these were real people and they lived through real situations, but we read them not just as history. It's not a history book. There's no power in a history book. The power in it is that it's not just that it's that it is a history for them and that God is showing who he was, but that there's so many pictures and analogies in his word for us today. Isn't that amazing? And the picture here is, is that there is an enemy. Come on, we know it. We know that the enemy hates us. We don't focus on him. We focus on Christ. I've been, how many of the sermons, right, throughout this season has been, don't don't focus on the news and don't focus on, you know, the elites or, or whoever. I haven't said, you know, their names and I purposely won't. You know, all the names that we hear out there that we're aware of that are doing things behind the scenes to try to use this situation for their advantage, right? We don't focus on that. Focus on Christ. Focus on the kingdom. Focus on the good news. That's our focus. But we must be aware that an enemy is still trying to take us out, to try to kill us. Steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly. So we focus on the life and the abundant life of Jesus Christ. That's our focus. And then just, that needs to be our focus. Is It's amazing how uh, the enemy is to be ignored as far as his power is, but he's not to be ignored as far as his existence. It would be like an army um, saying, you know, I'm not worried about the army that's literally coming across my farm right now to take care of my, you know, to take my house down. Um, uh, that would be really foolish. But to understand that an army is planning and purposing and, and, and you know, they have intentions, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to, uh, let's just bring, make it spiritual right now, I'm going to be getting into prayer and getting into the Lord's strength, getting into his might, I'm going to be getting into his word. I'm going to start to declare his faithfulness, to start to declare his goodness, start to declare hope and, just, and declare peace instead of focusing on those things that may come. And even though they seem like they're here, they're really not here. <laughs> you know, we really still have not seen the book of Revelation. I mean, we're, this, is like, this is like nothing compared to the book of Revelation, like what the book of Revelation prophesies will unfold. But there's an enemy. So, you know, the Lord has a solution. Say, the Lord has a solution. One more time. The Lord has a solution. I know it's easier for me to yell like this. It says, so the Lord says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go out and I want you to fight. 
I want you to fight. I want you to deal with this thing, deal with this enemy. And Joshua did what Moses had commanded, verse 10. What Moses does is different than what Joshua does. Everybody say what Moses does is different than what Joshua does. This is what I want to preach to you about today, just for a few minutes. The Lord has given each of us a position and a place in the kingdom. Aren't you so thankful sometimes that you don't have someone else's position? <laughs> you know, what's funny is when I grew up in the church, everybody idolized and actually was jealous of certain positions and wanted positions. I feel like today nobody wants the positions anyway, so it's much easier. <laughs> At the same time, uh, that can go the other way and become so apathetic that nobody wants to do even the thing that God's called them to do. Everybody wanted to do what God called someone else to do, but now I'm concerned that it could go the other way where nobody does anything anymore. We got so far away from it. And I really believe what the Lord's calling us today is that each of us has a position, and it's going to be different than your neighbor's. It's going to be different even within families, even brothers to sisters, husbands to wives, where one Come on, everybody say, we're one. We're one in Christ, but Jesus is one with the Father, and the Holy Spirit is one with the Father, and the Father is one with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is one with Jesus, and etc. right? But, and yet, they each have a very distinct role, don't they? If you read through the Word, you can really see the heart of God as a general heart, but you can see a different tone with the Holy Spirit and Jesus and the Father, right? If you really look close, you'll see. It's not that they're fighting with each other or differing, but there is a distinct place for each of them, isn't there? And so even a husband and wife, even in your own family, brothers and sisters, we could be raised in the same theologies. We can be raised in the same churches. We can believe the same things, but God has called us all to be who he's called us to be. And you really can't fight that. In fact, I think much of a Christian struggle in their life is fighting against who God's called them to be. Because we either, A, like I mentioned earlier, want to be something else, whether that's in the church or out of the church, or uh, B, is that we don't want to be anything. And But it's so important. I just, the Lord just showed me this because it's so important. There is a fight right now. And I want to say this. We do not war against flesh and blood. Your fight is not to storm Capitol Hill. And your fight is not to go and stand against those who are standing. You, don't, you are not going to do anything to stand in front of a riot. That is not your fight. Your fight, we know clearly from our word, is not in flesh and blood. It is going to be a spiritually won war. There is a war, and there is a fight. What they don't even understand, they don't even understand in the world who are, who are rising up. Do you, are you noticing this? There's a chaos, just a confusion and a chaos and a rebellion rising up in every facet of humanity today. It's not just in one area. This is not a color thing. This is not a race thing. This has nothing to do with any of that. It's in everything. I, I'm hearing about it in families. Husbands and wives suddenly getting divorced out of nowhere. 
I'm just hearing it from, it's just, it's, it's not, that we're hearing, you know, on the news about this, the color thing right now. That's just, that's nothing. It is in every area. It's bosses to uh, employees. It's, it's brothers and brothers and sisters and sisters, etc. It's stoplight to stoplight, right? We already were well aware of that one for, the, for a while now, <laughs> of the warring. How dare you pass me? I I'm going to get there first. I don't know where I'm trying to get to. I think it's just shopping, but I'm going to get there first. And so that fight is actually going on all around us, and it's not the people. It's a spiritual fight. We must be aware of this. I'm not saying that God does not call people to politics. I truly believe it doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm not even going to say what side I'm on. It's not Democrat or Republican, I know that some preachers say that and some want to stand behind sides. It's not any of that. But I truly believe that the Lord is using this president, whatever your beliefs are and whatever he is using him for a purpose, left and right. He's using him for a purpose. So there is a political part. God will put those people in place that he needs to put in place. But as a generalization, as a Christian, that is not our goal. If that's what God's called you to do, then that's what God's called you to do, and you need to be that. But we need to understand that the real fight is a spiritually one fight. It's going to be spiritual. And to be honest, in order to be able to do the fight that God has called us to do, we must deal with ourselves. That's firstly, and that is to be who God has called you to be. That's the first fight. I think that so many times we don't, we're not effective because we're not doing what God has called us to do. The church is so, the church becomes like the world in that, um, you know, there's uh, uh, a person uh, or a group of people that are trying to push a particular part of the gospel or the church or the kingdom, and it looks so fractioned and, and misunderstood because you know, other parts of that church are broken and, 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 and there's pieces. And so we're, we're looking and it's like, well, that's what that church believes. And that's what that church believes. And this is what that church believes. And this is how they do that. And that's how they do this. And, and instead, we should be looking and saying, that's a Christian church. That's a Christian church. That's a Christian church. There's another Christian church. But instead, they're identified by their names and their belief systems, and not by Christ. Do you realize that as Christians, we don't identify churches by Christ. We identify them, what denomination are you? What's your theology? What's your thinking? Not just, you know, not just do you believe in Jesus? And I, I, I could be up here. I, I'm supposed to be fast, so Dawn's going to make sure I'm fast, so I better keep moving. But I could go on forever about that. And you guys understand what I'm saying. And, and, and so I can't get into the depth of it. There's definitely a depth to that because there's a line. I mentioned it in some podcasts some weeks ago. There's a line where, you know, it is sin. It's not, it is heretical. And I get it. And at that point, you can't be with those people. There's going to be that. But we are supposed to be so much more connected at one than we are today. There's definitely going to be some divides. There are times in God's word where he separated and he cut things off. That's God's word. But we're, <laughs> I can't even express it. I just feel from the heart of God. While that's true, we're supposed to be so much more united than we are. And if we will, there's an enemy that can be defeated. 
And this is what it says. It says that Joshua did what Moses commanded, and he went out to fight. Everybody say Joshua did the fighting. But what's interesting is, did Joshua really do the fighting? Everybody say, did Joshua really do the fighting? I mean, because the scriptures say he does. There's no, isn't it funny people say the word contradicts itself? It's because the word is spirit. It's not human. It's spirit. Joshua went out and did the fighting. And yet it says that if Moses' arms came down, the Amalekites gained advantage. So who's really fighting? It's not that it's not Joshua. It's just not only Joshua. And what the Lord wants us to get today is there's a Joshua and there's a Moses and there's an Aaron and there's a Hur. And when they work together, an enemy that is pressing against us can be defeated, will be defeated. That enemy has no power, but the Bible says they did have power. They did have power when one of the pieces of the body got weak. You know what happens today in the church, though, when a piece of the body gets weak? If it was today, Aaron, her, and Joshua would have put their hands on their hips and looked at Moses and be like, will you do your job? I'm losing because you're not doing your job. Imagine. That's what we do. We get on YouTube and we're like, well, listen, guys, you know, the church would be much better off if this pastor wasn't preaching this. And if that pastor wasn't doing this, that would be easier for me. Well, maybe I should go <laughs> into my prayer closet and plead before the Lord to correct their doctrine instead of just coming against it. Because you know what the enemy does? The enemy says, well, technically, you're right and you're right, but I'm winning. The enemy wins. Imagine if Aaron and Hur didn't take the initiative to support Moses' arms. The Bible tells us clearly the Amalekites gained advantage when his arms became tired. I think it's so cool because Moses is so powerful. In fact, I started to just look at, uh, at who he was. This is what it says of Moses. Moses, going back into Exodus chapter 3, uh, God says to him, I want you to go, verse 10, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh, and you're going to lead my people out of Egypt. Verse 11, Moses protested to God, who am I? <laughs> Moses said, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And God answered, I am will be with you. Moses was so powerful, and yet Moses was a human being. Everybody say Moses was a human being. His power came because he recognized this truth, that God was with him. And then he tells him, I want you to, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse Two, he says, what is in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Verse 17 out of chapter 4 says, 
take your shepherd's staff with you and use it to perform the miraculous signs I have shown you. And in chapter 14, uh, it says uh, in verse 13, Moses told the people, don't be afraid. This is, this is when, little context, chapter 14 now, Moses has just uh, done what the Lord has asked him faithfully. We've had the plagues. They're freed. And now suddenly they're trapped again. They're against the Red Sea. And Egypt is, is right there behind them. And they're trapped literally between a rock and a hard place. And this is what it says. Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. This is why Moses was so powerful, because he knew who God was. He knew who he was in God. Everybody say he knew who he was in God, comma, and he knew who he was without God. You can't even come to Christ without humility. It's actually impossible. Someone who thinks they're a Christian that's not humble is not a Christian. That's just, I'm sorry, that's the Bible. You go do your own study. It's literally the, it's the, that's what repentance is, is humility. It's humbling yourself before God. You recognizing that I am dirt. I am nothing. I am no one. And yet he cares for me and loves me so much. And in that, then God welcomes us into a place with him. The Egyptians you see today will be never seen again. And it says, Verse 14, the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. It says the Lord will fight for you. But chapter 14, verse 15, says something very interesting. He said in 14, stay calm. The Lord will fight for you. 15, it says this. And if you're a Christian, if you've been one for a long time, you know this verse so well. <laughs> the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? You may know it as, is there not a staff in your hand? It says, tell the people to get moving. Verse 16, pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Moses was so powerful because he recognized his humanity he recognizes failures. He started out, who am I? God showed him who he was. God showed himself strong in Moses. And then he showed Moses who he could be if he trusted in God. And then he calls on him to do things like this. And Moses was faithful. We read his story. He doesn't want to go to Pharaoh. He doesn't want to face it. He doesn't. He says, Lord, what did I do wrong? <laughs> Why are you punishing me leading these people through the wilderness? It's, he's a human being with human faults, and yet what he keeps doing is coming before the Lord. In the same chapter that we're looking at today, uh, in chapter 17, just the verse is up. You go to verse 1, we're dealing with where they complained, and he struck the rock and got water to come out of the rock on their behalf. Moses was a human being, and yet what the Bible tells us to do... Uh, Firstly, the Bible tells us that Moses is human, but he trusts in God. But then the Bible tells us to do is when human beings that you co-labor with, everybody say co-labor, 
The Bible says that when a human being that you are co-laboring with, no matter how great their authority is, how great their power is in God, when it fails, because it will, because at the end of the day, sometimes their humanity is going to take control. Sometimes they're going to get weak, and sometimes they're going to get tired. Come on, do you know yourself? you ever get weak and get tired? I heard something once that it says... Uh, we judge each other by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. Isn't that funny? You know what the Bible tells us to do when we're weak? The Bible says the Holy Spirit helps in our weaknesses because that's God's nature. God doesn't look at us and say, you are so weak. You're so annoying. Every time I ask you to do something, you don't do it. Imagine God said that to us like we do to each other. They never do what I ask them to do. <laughs> but he says he helps in our weaknesses. And you know what the Bible calls us to do as believers? The moment we see a believer falling or failing or, or in pain or in weakness or suffering, we are not ever, ever, ever called to point our finger. We are called to get alongside them and to raise their hands up and to give them strength again that they don't have. The Bible set never says that Moses' strength, strength gets restored. In fact, you know what they did? They put Moses into a place of rest. They said, Moses, you need to rest. You've been going, 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 going. You need to rest. You need to rest, and we're going to come alongside you. And you know what happened? Isn't this amazing? You know what they did when they raised his hands out? Do you know what Moses looked like sitting there? A cross, the cross of Christ. In our humanity, you, can, you cannot be Christ. This is the picture. You cannot be Christ in your own human strength. You can try to stand and be Christ on your own, and there was a time that you are Christ, right? We get fired up, we get filled up, God touches us, and we feel like I can, if no one else is going to do it, I'll do this thing by myself. <laughs> and then eventually this is what happens. My cousin uh, Rick's back here one day just for fun because guys do stupid things. We're like, hey, let's see how long we can hold a chair over our head. Because it's not very heavy, but it's just a matter of math and science that your muscle will eventually become fatigued. And this is what happened to my arm. The host on the podcast, you can't see it. So slowly it just, and, and then I remember Dawn going, no, 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 no. Cause it was like, it was a long time, like 14 minutes, like something stupid or more, but I couldn't help it. I'm like, I'm trying my arm. It just started lowering down without my control. My muscles took over, over my mind and my mind had pushed past the pain. The pain was at like 30 seconds. So I'd pushed past it for like 13 and a half more minutes. So I'd already done that. That's done. <laughs> and my humanity showed itself. We are really only as strong as we are together. It's united we stand, divided we fall. That's not just, that's not just the lingo for the United States. That's, that's like as, as old as time. The Lord has called us to be together, and there's so much power in it, and they look so different. Imagine the war in this story without Moses, and everybody gives, Mo, you know, 
Today we put Moses on the pedestal and be like, oh my gosh, Moses. But imagine Moses without Joshua down there on the front lines. Moses had a job to do, and it was the intercession between God. It was to take the authority that God gave him and to stand with that authority and to intercede for the battle. But there was just as equal a purpose for the person out there on the front lines fighting the actual fight, and they needed each other. And then Moses, in the intercession behind the scenes, he needed someone to come alongside him and to lift him up. That's the picture. That's the picture of the cross of Christ. It's the body of Christ. Come on, we need to get this. The body of Christ was put on the cross. If you want to picture the cross, picture the body of Christ. And the body is, is many, many, many cells. And I really, really hear from the Spirit of the Lord, because I need to just wrap this thing up, is that the Lord is putting a heart into Christians across the world. If you will listen to God's heartbeat right now, it is to stop fighting and stop warring and stop looking and judging and it's time even with i'm talking even with major doctrinal issues i'm not saying that they're not important but i'm just saying to put those things aside because there is an enemy listen there i don't want to be i don't want to bring a human phrase into the spirit here but i feel from the spirit of the lord is that uh your enemy is my enemy. Okay, you know that phrase, right? It means that technically we don't like each other, but right now we've got an enemy that's greater than the fight between us, right? You ever see that? Every movie, part one is they're fighting the enemy. Part two is the enemy that they were fighting, they have to join with to fight a greater enemy. I mean, that's kind of like what's happening right now. We need to push aside the differences. I'm not saying that they're, they're unimportant for the rest of history, that God doesn't see them, he doesn't care, but those things have to become secondary right now. The stands that we're making in our individuality, we make a stand because it's like, well, this is my stand and I can't move from this stand, but what you don't realize is the devil's winning a war right alongside you. And the Lord's calling us together. The Lord's calling us to put those stands aside and each of us to get into the position that he's called us to be and to fight this thing as the church and as the body. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you, Lord Jesus. We just thank you, God. We praise you, Lord God, that you have brought us together. And Lord, you've put this church together and you've called us, Lord, to stand with the churches across the world, Lord, that are in Christ. We thank you, Lord God. We need a real revelation of this, Lord. Our human mind, Lord, we still look at the signs and Lord, we look at the denominations. We can't help it, Lord God, but I pray in the name of Jesus that, Lord, you would give us a revelation, Lord, of how to do this. We can't do it in human terms, Lord. We can't stand human strength. We're never, ever going to be able to fight and it's not an individual fight. Lord, you need to help us and help us get alongside of each other. And even, Lord, alongside the other denominations, Lord, alongside each other, Lord God, and fight this enemy that is bringing chaos and division and confusion and war into every facet of life, Lord. We must look at the greater cause of Christ in this time, Lord. We need your help. We need your Holy Spirit to help us do that. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen, amen.